Right, and he is a fantastic man of God who has given up his time to come and be a two weeks in a row to unpack God's word for us. Um, Jeremy was a youth pastor. That's why he's as handsome as he is. I'm right. a youth pastor. Was. Two teenagers. Oh, oh, two teenagers. He is a youth pastor. Right. But he works at J Life. He works at John Abramson at J Life. And um, he's married to Tanya with four children. Well, they've been married for 19 years, 17, 19 years we've been married. Yeah. Uh. 19, 19 years. <laughs> been married for 19 years. And um, he's just coming to unpack for us again. We continue with that series called The New Way to Live. And Jeremy's going to be unpacking Matthew chapter 5 and dealing with Jesus' section on prayer and the Lord's Prayer. But I'll let him do that as we pray for him. Yeah. Father, I just want to thank you uh, for this man. I want to thank you for... Uh, what you've what you've blessed him with spiritually when it comes to unpacking your word and I want to thank you for the heart that you've given him not only for the next generation but for the church and for your word and I pray God tonight as he shares as he unpacks the scriptures may he do that with authority and with power we pray for an anointing to be on him may your presence envelop him God may we sit under the word and receive it as from you we ask Father God that there would be open heavens in this place tonight that our hearts would be tender to your word, that we'd be receptive to the word of God. And I pray that you'd bless Jeremy and his family as they're here with us. We, we welcome them in your name, God, and thank you that they're here with us. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Good evening. How are you? Okay. So you've got like 17 seconds to check me out. That's about as much time as I have to check you out. We don't know each other. We pretty much haven't met. So don't stay in check me out mode because then you're going to miss what the Lord is saying. Okay? There's about four seconds left. Okay. Hi. Thank you. Hi. My friend Grant. Hi, sir. Cool. So you've been journeying through uh, Jesus' teaching. Uh, which is often called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, yes, no? Okay. So can I ask you to quote a couple of verses from the sermon? Right. You, sir, with a cap, can you stand, please? No, I'm joking. <laughs> although, 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 at the Luzenberg congregation, I did that, and people said, well, Matthew 5, verse 24 says, if you to have an offense against your brother, then you must let it. True story. I'm not even making that up. Okay. So I'm going to let you all off the hook. Okay. But if, if you've been listening and you've been journeying along and if you've been reflecting outside of the gathering here, just on your own time with the Lord, then you would have found that, that there's this overarching, this, this truth that's been coming through over and over and, and, and we can summarize it in different ways. I'd like to summarize it like this, for example, if we could do the next slide just very quickly. What Jesus is teaching is, okay, I've got it here. What Jesus is teaching is that in God's kingdom, under God's rule, under God's reign, there's this heart that needs to be right with God and right with people, okay? Okay that ultimately then will lead to a life, a way of life, a new way of life that is right before God and right before people. It's a, it's a righteousness that is pleasing to God, but that doesn't just involve my relationship with God, but that it's a right standing before God and before people in my heart. 
So you'd have seen a lot of relational stuff that comes up, okay, which leads then to, to, to right action. And, and this evening we want to think about prayer in that same way. So we're talking about what I'm calling the disciples' prayer life. And I'll tell you why I'm calling it the disciples' prayer life. Because this whole sermon could also be seen as Jesus teaching us what it means to be and to live like a disciple. Okay? So in a sense, Jesus is discipling his disciples into everything he talks about in the Sermon of the Mount. Tonight, we're talking about prayer. So, so and, and let me tell you why. If you read the first two verses of the Sermon on the Mount, it starts at Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 2. Jesus actually is speaking, according to Matthew, is actually speaking not so much to the crowd who's, who's also in the story, but he's actually speaking to his disciples. I'll just read it to you very quickly. It says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. He saw the crowds. They're definitely there in the back. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said, and then the Sermon on the Mount starts. So, so let's just have that at the back of our minds. Jesus is teaching us what a disciple's life looks like. A new way to live. And so for us tonight, how do disciples of Jesus live a life of prayer? Not just pray prayers, but live a life of prayer. A disciples pray life. just want you to watch this video with me quickly. What is prayer? In many ways, prayer is a simple thing to do. But sometimes we can have a limited view of what prayer actually is. Now, don't get me wrong. Prayer is a means of supplication and making requests to God. It's just that prayer is also more than that. Prayer is both talking to God and having a relationship with Him. Prayer is making yourself available to God and allowing Him to make Himself available to you. Prayer is a way to ask God for provision for tomorrow and a means by which He provides the sustenance we need for today. So we pray not to get our own way, but rather we pray to align ourselves to God's will. We pray not for things that might create independence from God, but rather we pray as an expression of dependence upon God. Yes, God loves to hear our prayers and requests. He listens to them, He delights in them, and He responds to them. It's just that prayer is also where we can confess our sins, praise His goodness, listen to His voice, and be reminded of truth. Prayer isn't just a way to ask for more fruit, but through prayer, we begin to bear more fruit. Prayer isn't just words spoken at specific times during the day. It's living with a mindset that allows God to transform you throughout all of your days. So don't think of prayer as just an activity done before meals or bedtime, but rather think of prayer as a way of life. I thought that video was a cool way of introducing, just in summary form, everything that Jesus actually teaches in this passage. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me now, and we're going to read the passage that we want to focus on. It's Matthew chapter 6, from verse where? Where did you stop last? You were in Matthew. From what verse? Say that again. You stopped at 4. Okay, well, if you stopped at 4, then we'll start at 5. 
Okay. Cool. Okay. And please, my apologies. I forgot you were there. I just, I see you. Saobona, I see you. God bless you. You know, that's what Saobona means, eh? I see you. I recognize your humanity. All right. We're going to read this together. So if you are ready, let's read. And you. Sorry. <laughs> and when you pray. Sorry, man. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm a Mac user, so it's just not lining up. It says verse, uh, wait, wait, what was that? Seven. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Nine. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In my church background, we used to say the Lord's blessing is on the public reading of his word. You may be seated. Thank you. Lord, as we just reflect... Um, reveal your heart, your mind to us by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. A disciple's prayer life. So let's do the next slide. Um, before we, we kind of land on a few things that Jesus gives us in that model prayer, it's not meant to be just recited like that. That's not meant to be the full extent of our prayer lives. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be that. That's not the that was never the idea. It's a model. It gives us a summary of how to pray and what to pray for. But I want to suggest to you uh, 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 that, that the Father is not just wanting to answer our prayers in Jesus' name. It's, it's a little bit, prayer is a little bit more than that. I, I want to suggest to you that the Father is wanting to see us and reward us. The, the, the Father is wanting to... See the prayer of a disciple, which is very different from the prayer of a hypocrite, who, as it says in the text, prays to be seen by people and they have the reward. The Father is wanting to see us in the secret, private, intimate place of prayer. The place where you go to be alone with God. He's wanting to see us there and then reward us. And I want to suggest to you, much like we've been singing uh, in the song a few moments ago, that the reward of the Father is actually Him. The reward that the Father wants to give us is actually Jesus. It's actually a life that looks just like 
Jesus a new way of life, a new way to live. So let's just reflect a little bit and then we'll try and pull things together. Prayer is a family conversation. I'm going to have a couple of things up here that speak to this idea, uh, speaks to this idea that prayer leads to the Father's reward. Prayer is a family conversation. Why do I say that? Because Jesus says when you pray, pray like this. Pray our Father. Not my Father or your Father. Our Father. I'm so encouraged by Jesus inviting me into something that he has eternally shared as a son with his father. You read the book of John and you see the intimacy between the father and the son that had always existed. And when I say always, I mean forever. Forever there was this intimacy between the father. John describes this as the love that the father had for his son and the love that the son had for the father. In fact, the very first verse in the book of John, the gospel of John, it says, in the beginning was, and the word was with God. And the word was God. And we know that word is Jesus who became human and lived among us. But he was always with the father. The father was. So here's this picture of the father and the son. This family. This intimacy. This divine eternal intimacy that we get invited into. And, and Jesus is saying through prayer you get to come into our family. You get to come and sit at our table. You get to come and participate in our conversation. In fact, you can sit there and hear what we have to say. You can hear our heart, our mind. You can hear the mind of Christ. You can hear the mind of the Spirit. You can, you can hear what's on the heart of God. You can even say something. You can even say something. You can ask questions. You can ask, I'm hearing this. Lord, what do you mean? It's an intimate conversation that the Father invites us into. And when we come into that intimacy, we realize, hmm, he's not just Jesus' Father, and he's not just my Father, he's also the Father of Others who have come into the same intimacy in their secret place, in their quiet place with God. And you come out of that space and you realize, oh wow, so God, God was, you were, and God spoke to you too? And he said some things to you. What did he say to you in prayer? And somehow prayer becomes this family conversation where we get to hear what's on the heart and the mind of heaven. And we get to share that here on earth. You can, you can learn to hear his voice. You can, you can learn to speak what he is saying because you are in the secret place of prayer. Are you okay? Are you still? How's your prayer life? Is it looking like that? Is it looking like a new way to live? You see, when you come into that secret place and you begin to recognize that I have an intimate relationship with the Father. Mm, stay there for long enough and you realize it's intimate, but it's not meant to be individualistic.
Because there's some stuff that I'm going to receive in that place that I need to take out of that secret place with me and live out or share. Amen. Sorry, are you an amen kind of church? Amen or amen, quiet. I don't know. I go so many places. I don't know. I'll just keep talking. Yeah. So, let's reflect some more. Next, next slide. Prayer is worship. Jesus says when you pray, pray our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. That's what hallowed means. Holy is your name. Very simply, prayer is worship. Worship is about me saying, I sacrifice my me, lay that down before you, my name, my status, everything about me is now subjected to you and your name. It's about your namesake. And prayer is the space in which that can happen. Prayer is worship. Prayer is a family conversation. Prayer is worship. Prayer brings, I like this next one, prayer brings heaven to earth. And, and I want to suggest to you that this happens in two ways as Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. He says when you go into that secret place and when you pray, don't just pray our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Also pray your kingdom come, your will be done. So Jesus is telling us that through praying, you can actually find God's will. You can know God's will. If you want to know God's will, pray. Uh, read the Bible too, but it's prayer tonight. If you want to know God's will, you want to discern what's on the mind and the heart of God, pray. As you pray, God's going to talk back to you. It's a family conversation. Remember two slides back? But not only is prayer this means of us finding God's will, prayer is also the means through which we find power to do God's will. I mean, what are you going to do with, you, with what you know? A new way of life, a life of living like a disciple is actually a life of obedience. And so when you've received, often we, particularly in spaces where we are encouraged to hear God's voice and to hear God speak, we can often get caught up in, I saw and I heard, I received the revelation. Well, praise the name of the Lord. Okay, keep going. And then what, like what's, what are you going to do? And so, so that the revelation doesn't paralyze us, God gives us, through prayer, power to do what he's called us to do. A new way of life, a disciple's prayer life. But it's not just about obeying and doing his will. What happens when we begin to hear from God? There's this ability, again, through prayer, that God gives us to discern the things of heaven, to discern heavenly things as we pray, but also to recognize and discern and interpret and analyze earthly things. Not now with like just, I'm reading the newspaper and I'm going, I'm online and I'm going, okay, let me just comment. Uh, have you analyzed through prayer? Imagine we analyzed everything that was happening in this world through prayer. Not through the lens of your community. Not through the lens of the loudest voices in your ear. But through prayer. I think we would see the world differently. And I think we would live a new way of life. 
advancing God's rule and God's reign on earth. That's his kingdom come. That's his will be done. All through prayer. Now, I'm very challenged because I'm very task-driven. So if you ask me to do something, I like doing things. And I can do things. I have some experience, some skills. I have some people that can give me advice. I have some gifts. I can do some stuff without praying. And then I can call it kingdom work. And Jesus says, pray that his kingdom comes. I'm not saying we mustn't work. I'm saying our work flows out of prayer. It's a new way to live. Are you, are you trekking? Are you with me? Are you your bag on your back? Okay, next slide. Prayer channels provision. <laughs> so you're not going to pray for what you don't need, right? You're not going to pray. For, you're not going to pray. I don't pray for what I don't need. Why would I pray for what? I, <laughs> well, this is a tricky one. Why would I pray for what I have? And so, and so often we can limit prayer to just this part. So this is two things here, kind of a double-edged sword. We can limit prayer to just asking God to give us stuff. Okay, And you can do that without being really, really intimate with him. Because then when he gives you the stuff, you take the stuff and go away from God. Okay, But on the other hand, God doesn't want you just to be working for stuff. And using your own ability and your own natural resources to get stuff. Because we can do that too. God wants to give us stuff. He wants to provide our daily needs, whatever that might be, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, whatever that might be, He wants to meet our needs, but He wants us to be prayerfully dependent on Him. So let's not get sucked up into the way the world thinks, you know. Uh, I remember years ago, I met a friend who had kind of moved up the ranks in the corporate world, and he was driving this beautiful car, and uh, I said to him, wow, that's... Sure, that's a nice car, Eugene. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's lots of them in the world. That's a, that's a nice... That's a, you'll know, I'll tell you his surname, you still won't know him. Um, that's a beautiful car, Eugene. And he said to me, oh, yeah, I mean, I worked hard for it. And I, I thought, oh, yeah. Uh, is, that, is that the new way of life? Is that the outworking of a disciple's prayer life? I worked hard for it. And so as we play our perspective on blessing changes and we realize that everything we have comes from God. Amen. Sorry, amen, amen. Okay. Prayer means forgiveness. Let's just, let's just touch on this um, for a little bit. And then we want to land on the last one. Jesus says that through prayer, we can give and receive forgiveness. And he starts off with the fact that we can receive forgiveness through prayer. He says, when you pray, pray, forgive us for our sins, our trespasses, our debts. Forgive us, Lord. This is prayer. Forgive us even as we forgive others. And then at the end of that passage we read, verse 13 and, and 14, uh, 14 and 15, he says, because if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't, then your 
neither will your father forgive you. And there's, there's something about forgiveness and prayer that, that kind of works together. Prayer means forgiveness in, in two ways. On the one hand, through prayer, we can come to God with whatever we need forgiveness for. And he will forgive. That's why Jesus is teaching his disciples to ask for forgiveness. And throughout the New Testament, that idea is unpacked. And Jesus makes, ultimately makes forgiveness possible for us by after living, dying, and shedding his blood. So that we can have forgiveness. Forgiveness from sin and the punishment of sin. But also when we commit acts of sin, we can have forgiveness which washes us clean so that we can come back into that secret place and enjoy intimacy. Because there's this thing about sin that separates us from God. So we get back into intimacy by finding forgiveness. But forgiveness can also be given through prayer. And I want to suggest to you that forgiveness can only be given through prayer. Otherwise, I don't know how we're going to do it. Just like somebody hurt you deeply and then you, outside of prayer, what do you do? You bite on your teeth and go, oh, oh I'm not quite an idiot. How are you going to do it outside of prayer? Jesus is giving us the model on how to forgive. If you're going to forgive an offense, then do it through prayer. If you want to receive forgiveness, then ask for it from God in prayer. So I want to suggest to you that the idea of asking another human being for forgiveness is a secular worldly concept. I come to you and I ask you for forgiveness. I'm not praying and neither are you. You're just hearing me ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness is meant to be given and received through prayer. What did I just say now? Am I saying we mustn't reconcile? No. I'm saying there are other things that we can do once we come out of our secret place in terms of restoring relationships. Some of those things are, according to Jesus, going to your brother and your sister when you've been offended and showing them their fault. That's not asking for forgiveness. Some of those things are going to your brother and your sister and apologizing to them because you offended them. Some of those things are in the Sermon on the Mount. Put down your gift. Go and make right with your sister or your brother and then come back and continue to worship. But that's not asking for forgiveness. Forgiveness must be sought from God in prayer and given to others through prayer. They don't need to know that you're forgiving them for you to forgive them. They don't have to be alive for you to forgive them. You forgive them in prayer. They don't have to know that they offended you for you to forgive them. You forgive them in the secret place, in prayer. So many people try and follow Jesus, holding unforgiveness in their hearts, and then things just go south because forgiveness is the way you find your reconnection with God. You hold unforgiveness in your heart. You can't find forgiveness from God. You can't, you can't find freedom in your heart. You can't find reconciliation with people. Prayer means forgiveness. Forgive us as we forgive others. Let's, let's do... Um,
Let's do one more slide here. Playing spiritual warfare. And I want us just to, to um, maybe just to land here a little bit. Jesus says two things here, and they both relate to, to spiritual war. He says, through prayer, we can find that we are led away from temptation. Through prayer. Through prayer. He says, pray. Pray. Ask God. Pray. Lord, lead me away. Not into. Away from. And also, he says, through prayer, you can pray, Lord, deliver us. Deliver us from evil. God provides prayer as a way for us to overcome sin, to overcome temptation, either by fleeing from it, by turning away from it, or by resisting it. And God, through prayer, gives us the power to overcome evil. So we can find freedom, deliverance, victory from evil. I don't know what evil befalls you. I don't know what temptation you face. But I do know that through prayer you can find freedom. And I like the fact that there's a little bit of a corporate family thing in this again. Because Jesus says in both cases, lead us away from temptation and deliver us from evil. So there's enough us's here, as, as many people would say in my community, us's. There's many us's here, and so I want us to, to just press into that for a moment. Okay? So can you just slip into your quiet place, your secret place? Okay? And we don't typically slip into this, oh, maybe we actually do. Maybe we get too secretive. Okay? But not that place. I want you just to go into a, a quiet space with the Lord. And I want you in your heart to ask God to give you freedom. Courage to resist temptation or to flee from it. Sometimes we need to flee, particularly youthful lusts. We need to run away from it. Don't try and stand and fight it. Just run. And we need to ask God to give us the strength to do that. And, and, and where there's evil, whether it's on a personal level or on some other level, we need to ask God to give us power and freedom and deliverance from it. So we ask you tonight, Lord, for freedom. We ask you for deliverance, and we ask you to give us the strength and the courage to resist and to flee. Yeah, you're familiar with all the temptations, all the tests, all the things that are happening in secret, secret temptations, secret sins. You are familiar, and we thank you that you have provided through prayer the means to escape, to find freedom and deliverance. Okay, let's press into the us now. So I want you just to go to someone. It could be someone that you feel led to go to, but, and that's beautiful. But if you don't feel led to go to someone, just go to someone. Okay? This is an us thing. It's like the Bible says. Okay? Go to someone and just pray for them. Now, please. Up and go. There'll be some bo some more body ministry. Uh, so you, you're just getting warmed up. Please, uh, sorry, I think I've maybe spoken in a foreign language. Uh, not talk to them. Because you've, you've, you've listened to the Father as you were talking to the Father. Now pray for them. Don't ask them what 
is the temptation. You just pray for them. Just hold your hand. If it's appropriate, put your hand on them and pray. All, everyone, all, all y'all. Father, we pray that as these prayers ascend to your throne, as incense now, that freedom will come, that deliverance will come, that victory will come. In the name of Jesus. Deliver us from evil, Lord. Lead us away from temptation, Lord. You said that we can pray this. And so we employ our prayers now and we ask you for freedom. I pray for those who have been stuck for years. Those who have been stuck for seasons, time and time again, just returning to the same temptation, giving in to the same temptation, finding themselves trapped in the same sin. We trust you tonight for freedom as we pray. And we ask, Lord, that this would then become a new way of life, a life of prayer that constantly presses in to victory, to deliverance, and to freedom. Jesus name for those of you who are, who are not praying anymore can we just do um, we just want to sum it up can you go to the that slide thank you just in summary prayer is way more than a religious task God longs to reward our prayers God knows our hearts and he knows our needs but he wants to see and hear our prayerful dependence in the ministry that we serve with. This is a big thing that we see in the life of Jesus and something that he calls us to copy. Prayerful dependence. Not just asking him for things, but showing him through prayer that we are dependent on him. Religious hypocrites want to be seen by people and that is their reward. They will be seen by people. Disciples of Jesus want to be seen by the Father. And that is their reward. The Father sees them. And I believe that the Father will reward them. Just like he saw Jesus and said, this is my beloved son. He will reward them. He will, some translations say they will be openly rewarded for their secret life of prayer. It's the Father's pleasure and approval and reward. Next page. The Father's Reward is his heart. It's his holiness. It's his wisdom to know his will. It's his power to do his will. It's all the things that Jesus says we must pray for in the model prayer. It's his provision. It's his forgiveness, his power over sin, temptation, and evil. It's his praise on our lips. It's his kingdom come. It's his will be done. It's a new way to live because it's more than just him answering our prayers it's a whole different life of prayer, a different life. It's the reward of a life that looks like Jesus. That's a new way to live. So can we just reflect on these few things? Um, and can I ask, I forgot your name. Tammy, please can you come and do nice things on the, do nice things to the blacks and the whites there. Isn't that what we need in our country? Nice things to be done to the blacks and the whites and everyone in between. Are we growing in prayer as disciples? I just maybe you want to jot this down or maybe there'll be a, a recorded version of this. Just to help you reflect. Are we growing in prayer as disciples? Because disciples grow. Their, 
present standing in the, the right standing before God and right standing before people is not a static one. There has to be constant growth. And when it comes to our prayer lives, there has to be an increase. It must be more than this. Are we growing in our prayer and our, our prayer lives as disciples? Am I praying with other siblings? So praying for them, but also praying with them. Because there's something that happens in the secret place that leads us out into right relationships with others. It leads us into this realization that He's our Father. Others who don't necessarily look like me or like the things that I like. Others that, that don't necessarily live the way I live. In that secret place, I'm going to find that God's going to lead me out into new places and new people to pray with. Am I seeing God's reward for my prayer life? A life that looks like Jesus. And, and lastly, if we frame all of this in disciple making and discipleship like Jesus does, then who am I discipling to pray? You say, well, no one, no one ever discipled me to pray. I'm just a disciple. Just pray. Uh, okay, so no one discipled you to pray, but Jesus said we must make disciples. And Jesus discipled his disciples to pray. So don't you want to be like Jesus? Who am I teaching to pray? You say, how do I do that? Pray for someone. Or if you don't know who to pray for, say, God, who do you want me, you know, family conversation, who do you want me to journey with in prayer? Someone who's struggling in their prayer life. And then he's going to talk back because his father, it's a family conversation. And when he tells you who to pray for, then pray for them and pray that God opens their hearts to you coming into their lives. And then when he does that, ask him again, Lord, please provide for me the courage and the bones to go to them and to say, will you let me come alongside you so I can pray with you? So that they don't feel like you're being super spiritual. And then when they say yes, ask God to give you the power to go and pray with them and teach them through your example how to pray and fast with them. Sorry, that's next week. But who am I discipling to pray? It's a new way of life. It's a new way to live. Lord, please would you send us back into the secret place, the place of intimacy where you reveal your heart to us and you give us your power to see your kingdom come and your will be done and then release us, send us out from that secret place into a new way to live where we model Jesus in this world where we see your kingdom come and your will be done as we pray in Jesus name